Welcome to journeywithjesus.net, a weekly webzine for the global church. I'm Daniel B. Clendenin. My essay this week is called, His Eye is on the Sparrow, the God who sees and hears. It's based upon the lectionary readings for Sunday, June the 22nd, 2014. At the 86th Annual Academy Awards last March, one of my favorite movies won the Oscar for Best Documentary Film, 20 Feet from Stardom. The movie honors the unknown musicians who sang backup vocals for Elvis Presley, Tom Jones, Frank Sinatra, Aretha Franklin, Bruce Springsteen, The Rolling Stones, U2, and many, many more. Many of these backup singers were black women who grew up in the church. Many of them had fathers who were pastors, like Darlene Love. Love, who's now 72, featured prominently in the movie 20 Feet from Stardom and accepted the Oscar on behalf of the film. She wasted no time in her acceptance speech to Hollywood's Glitterati. Lord God, I praise you. And I'm so happy to be here representing the ladies of 20 feet from stardom. She then burst into an enthusiastic rendition of one of the most famous gospel hymns ever. I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. Wow, I thought, that's so in your face. I wonder how the audience will respond. In fact, they gave her a standing ovation. I also wondered how many people knew that the song comes from the words of Jesus in this week's Gospel from Matthew chapter 10, or that it was made famous by Ethel Waters, who sang it at Billy Graham Crusades and used it as the title for her autobiography. Ethel Waters knew fear and pain. Her birth resulted from the rape of her teenage mother. She grew up without a father in severe poverty. In her autobiography, she writes that she never lived in the same place more than 15 months. She writes, I never was a child. I never was cuddled or liked or understood by my family. She married when she was 13, left that abusive relationship, then worked as a maid in Philadelphia for $4.75 a week. Despite all that, throughout her life, Waters testified of God's providential care. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. That's the message of this week's gospel. Don't be afraid, said Jesus. And then a second time, don't be afraid. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from the will of your father. And then again a third time. Even the very hairs of your head are numbered. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Don't be afraid, 
For God sees and hears. He knows. This is also the message from this week's Old Testament reading. After God promised Abraham a progeny with his wife Sarah in Genesis 15, they laughed in disbelief, and then they took matters into their own hands. When Sarah remained barren, she insisted that Abraham father a child with her Egyptian slave, Hagar. Predictably, the pregnancy provoked Sarah's acrimony and jealousy, and so she banished Hagar to the desert. The angel of God found Hagar in the desert. He told her to return and gave her a promise almost identical to the promise he made to Abraham. He promised to make her descendants too numerous to count. And then came two namings, one by the angel and one by Hagar. The child to be born would bear a special name. You shall name him Ishmael, said the angel, which in Hebrew means God hears. For the Lord has heard of your misery. And then Hagar gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the living one who sees me. In a delightful play on words, Hagar exclaims, I have seen the one who sees me. Ishmael, God hears me. Bir Lahai Roy, God sees me. Then fast forward 15 years to Genesis 21 in the reading for this week which backtracks to the story of Ishmael. Isaac's birth to Sarah reopened festering wounds and simmering jealousies with Hagar. So once again, she banished Hagar and the teenage Ishmael to the desert. Wandering in the desert of Beersheba, her water skins empty, she abandoned Ishmael to die and then the story says, she began to sob. The Genesis storyteller then once again uses a delightful play on Ishmael's name to drive home his point. He writes, God heard the boy crying. This is a little bit like saying, God heard the boy named God hears. God then reiterated the promise to Abraham the father, then again to Hagar the mother, that's almost identical to the covenant promise made to Abraham about Isaac. I will make him into a great nation. God was with the boy. Ishmael, the heir of Islam, cousin to Jews and Christians, bears a name that signals a promise to every person. God is not deaf, dumb, or blind. He's not implacable, impersonal, or impassable, without feeling or emotion. He's not an absentee landlord deity. Yes, God is infinite. But the story of Ishmael and the words of Jesus remind us that he's also intimate. 
He sees every human misery and hears every painful sob. As the Hebrews would learn after four centuries of slavery and exploitation under Egypt, God heard their groaning, Exodus 2.24. Knowing and believing that was the first step in their liberation from bondage. The same is true for us today. Ishmael, God hears. Hagar, the living one who sees me. And from Jesus, don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. And for further reflection, we've posted the poem, The Avowal, by Denise Levertov. Denise Levertov, The Avowal. As swimmers dare to lie face to the sky, and water bears them, as hawks rest upon the air, and air sustains them, so would I learn to attain freefall, and float into Creator Spirit's deep embrace, knowing that no effort earns that all-surrounding grace. For a book this week, I review a title called Things I've Learned from Dying, a book about life. The author is David Dow, D-O-W. New York Grand Central Press, 2014, 273 pages. David Dow has spent his professional life as an attorney defending death row inmates like Eddie Waterman. Waterman shot an 84-year-old woman in the head after his buddy had already killed her by a bullet to the temple. He had been in prison for 10 years when Dow took his case, one of over a hundred death row cases he has defended. In this memoir, Dow humanizes Waterman so that we see him not just as a 19-year-old criminal, but as a person not unlike us in many respects. Which is to say that for Dow, the professional becomes very personal. And even more so in the second narrative strand of this book, his father-in-law's diagnosis of melanoma at the age of 58. If Eddie Waterman and inmates like him battle an irrational penal system, his father-in-law, Peter, must negotiate an impersonal medical system. His futile battle with cancer was aggravated by his passive-aggressive anger, refusal of treatments, debilitating sadness, fear, bitterness, regret. But lucky for Peterman, and lucky for Peter, and unlike Eddie Waterman, he was surrounded by a loving family that helped him to make his peace. Then there's a third death in Dow's story that sounds trite, except for those who've experienced something like it. The death of the family dog from liver failure, and how that impacted them, especially their young son. 
But as the subtitle of his book indicates, Dow wants to learn what death teaches us about life. So if you're reading this, then you enjoy the privilege of his insight on the last page, that the living, quote-unquote, get another chance, so don't blow it. David Dow, Things I've Learned from Dying. For movies this week, we go back to the year 2010 in a film called Veducated. This documentary film follows three New Yorkers who volunteered to adopt a vegan lifestyle for six weeks. Tesla is a college student with a Honduran mother and Peruvian father. Brian is an actor. Ellen is a single mom and psychiatrist. Like other movies and books on the subject, the argument follows two main lines. First is a pragmatic argument that eating vegan is healthier. And in fact, all three participants lost weight and improved their blood pressure and cholesterol levels. Then there's an ethical argument about animal cruelty in factory farming, and not only factory farming, but even in organic and family farming. If slaughterhouses had glass walls, said the beetle Paul McCartney, everyone would be vegetarian. Human compassion should mitigate animal cruelty. The biggest challenges in going vegan are that it implicates the other people in your life and that it's very labor-intensive and probably more expensive. This film is only 76 minutes and I watched it on Netflix streaming. Once again the title, Vegucated, from the year 2010. For poetry this week, we've posted another poem by Denise Levertov. Levertov lived from 1923 to 1997. This poem is called On the Mystery of the Incarnation. It's when we face for a moment the worst our kind can do, and shudder to know the taint in our own selves that awe cracks the mind's shell and enters the heart, not to a flower, not to a dolphin, to no innocent form, but to this creature vainly sure it and no other is godlike, God out of compassion for our ugly failure to evolve entrusts as guest, as brother, the word. Thank you for joining us at journeywithjesus.net for Sunday, June the 22nd, 2014. I'm Daniel B. Clendenin.